0: Okay, we're doing now Monday's portion of the Shalaf. So we have experienced now, over the course of these Torah portions, the enslavement, as we said, 116 years of enslavement, Moshe, Moses the Redeemer, being born, being saved, escaping Egypt, being told by God to go back and redeem the Jews, coming back, giving the Jews the message, their belief, Pharaoh's response with increased, even harsher labor, the disappointment, the feeling of despondency, what's happening, and then God coming through with 10 plagues, which generally took about a month at a time, three weeks of warning, and one week, seven days of the plague. Of course, darkness was six days, and the slaying of the firstborn was one night. And then on that pivotal night, Pharaoh says, go, 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 go. Redemption began that night. Redemption was the next morning as they leave. And now, after they left, in the third portion of Bo, we were told yesterday that God created a setup for the Egyptians to be enticed to chase after them. And God deliberately had the Jews act as if they were confused. And the Jews with complete belief Followed God's word, followed Moses' words, and went backwards as if they were going toward Egypt, as if they were straying in the desert, which inspired Pharaoh and the people to say, Oh, they're easy prey. What did they do? Why to get rid of them? Let's get them back. So here they are now pursuing the Jews. The Jews went for three days. On the fourth day, when they didn't turn back, the Egyptians with them ran back to report to Pharaoh. I spent two days pursuing them, the fifth and the sixth. And now it's approaching to the end of the sixth day which is going to be the night of the seventh. Of course, the ultimate night of the seventh is when the Jews enter into the sea, the sea splits. And then just as the Jews leave and the Egyptians enter in, the sea closes in on them and the Egyptians drown. That's the night of the seventh and the next morning is when the Jews see the complete, total destruction of Egypt and sing praises to God, the pivotal moment of this entire Torah portion, as we see that is the Haftorah. But now we're holding by the six. And the Egyptians are in pursuit. So we are in chapter 14, verse 9. Egypt pursued the took them, encamped by the sea, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and army, by pi hachiros before Baal Zephon. The Rashi already explained this to us idea of piachiros and baltifon that piachiros was really the city of Pisum that the jews built it was called piachiros because here is where the jews received their real freedom and baltifon was the idol rashi told us yesterday the only idol that was not destroyed by the plague of the slaying of the firstborn not only all the firstborn egyptians killed which incorporated many many people because the women were not faithful to their husbands, so they had many firstborns from various men, but also all the idols of the Egyptians were destroyed, except, except Balthophon. Again, to set up a situation where the Egyptians would fall and say, oh, well, Balthophon was too powerful to be destroyed by God, Balthophon will protect us. So that's why this is happening with these landmarks. Pharaoh brought himself close, the children of Israel raised their eyes, and behold, Egypt was journeying after them. And they were very frightened. The children of Israel cried out to God. So, Pharaoh brought himself close. What it means here is a very unusual term. He brought himself close. Not he drew close, but he brought himself close because he had promised his people that I'm going to behave as we went yesterday. I'm going to behave different than the regular king. I'm going to go in front instead of being safely behind. And I'll allow all of us to fairly split the spoils, which Pharaoh, it seems, was motivated by hatred, and the other Egyptians, it seems, were motivated by wanting to get back all those possessions the Jews had walked off with. So I'll fairly split the spoils instead of what the kings usually did was take whatever I want and then leave you guys with the rest. So Pharaoh here wants to come in front of everyone. We can see here this enormous hatred of the Jews. He wants to be first here to destroy them. That was interesting. Because grammatically, in the Hebrew, it says Egypt was journeying after them in the singular, as if Egypt's one person. And Rashi explains, because they were like one heart, one person, they all were united in their hatred of their Jews and the desire to pursue them. Of course, conversely, we know when the Jews achieved this level of one man with one heart, it was by the giving of the Torah when we were so united in our love for one another and our submission to God Here by the Egyptians, it's in a desire to destroy us. Or another explanation is the singular refers not to the people, which was a multitude. We know there were 600 choices, chariots, and then all the other chariots, as many horses as they had saved from the plague. But it was actually the angel. They saw the angel of the Egyptians traveling down from heaven to aid Egypt, meaning every country has an angel, a spiritual energy. The larger the country, the more powerful the country, the more powerful the angel. So Egypt at that time was the most powerful country in the world. We had this hugely powerful angel that was the angel of Egypt. It was an angel in a a form of negative energy, and that's also fighting us now. And they were terrified. So the Jews now turned to God in prayer, just as, of course, their forefathers had done, as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob turned to God in prayer. The Jews now turned to God in prayer. And now the next verse, they turned to Moses and complain. But here, they're not complaining to God. They're sincerely praying. Then, the next verse, they said to Moses, is it because there are not enough graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What is this that he has done to us to take us out of Egypt? So here, it's sort of a double negative, but they, what it basically means is there's not enough graves. There weren't enough graves in Egypt to so be buried there. That's why you took us out of Egypt, so, so we should die here in the desert. So... To God, they were praying. To Moses, they were complaining. It is this not the statement they spoke to in Egypt, saying, Let us be, and we will serve Egypt? For it is better that we should serve Egypt than we should die in the wilderness. So, wh- when did they say this to, to Moses? It seems like they were very happy with everything he was doing and saving them. But initially, when Moses had first come to them and spoken of the salvation, they were all very excited. Then Moses went to Pharaoh and then Pharaoh made it even worse for the Jews. And Pharaoh said, oh, the problem is they're just, they've got too easy a life. So we're not going to even give them straw anymore and let them gather their own straw. And then we'll see if they, you know, keep up with their fantasies about, uh, let's go serve God in the desert. At that point, the very wicked, uh, classically wicked people of the Jews had said to Moses, oh, God should judge you here for what you're doing here, you know, that you're making it so hard for the Jewish people. So that is the reference point there. And that's what, they're, that's what they're saying here, that when they said, oh, we shouldn't come out, God forbid, it wasn't that the Jews were saying, don't come out, but rather these two people doesn't Aviram? We're saying this statement of like, "Whoa, look how bad you've made it for the Jewish people." It wasn't the entirety of the Jewish nation, but now we're sort of picking on that point. Obviously, some, not all. Like, 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 we knew we shouldn't leave. We, we, we it wasn't bad in Egypt. Now, remember at this point, it's approximately ten months since the plagues have started. The Jews were enslaved for 116 years. It was horrible. It was. 116 years of the cruelest tortures. But the past 10 months were fine. There was no tortures, and they actually, from the first play, became very wealthy. So they're wealthy, they're comfortable, they're watching the Egyptians fall apart in front of their eyes, which felt very good. So it wasn't so bad in Egypt. Actually, at this point, there really were four different groups of the Jews in terms of what we should do at this point. There were the Jews that thought we should pray to God. There were Jews that felt we should just go back and we'll serve in Egypt. It wasn't so bad. Better that than being slaughtered here. There were the Jews that said, oh, we're not going to go back. We're going to fight them. And the Jews that said, forget it. Let's just suicide, was bad. Let's just die. Let's just walk into the sea. According to other commentaries, other versions of the Midrash, some of the Jews said, let's just try to run away. Let's try to run into the desert and run. And... And there's one other thing. Th- in that other version that was running into the desert. And there might have been something else, but I'm forgetting. But the Jews were splintering now into what to do. So it wasn't that all the Jews were saying, Let's go back to Egypt. That was one voice among the myriads of voices in this impossible situation of seeing in front of them a sea and behind them the Egyptian army. So this next is a grammatical explanation. It says, it's better for us that we should serve Egypt Nimusenu b'midbar. Nimusenu is an interesting conjunction of the word which means that we should die. It's better we should serve Egypt than we should die in the desert. Normally we would think it means in our death in the desert, but actually based on the grammar and the, the vowels here is that we should die in the desert. So what is Moses' response? So again we have the Jews that said, forget it. Let's throw in the towel. Let's go back to Egypt. We couldn't even serve them. It wasn't really so bad. The Jews that said, we're just going to in. Whatever. We're just going to stay here and die." We've got no clue what to do. We're going to stay here and die. The Jews that said, let's let's give up. Let's run away into the desert. Let's walk the see and die. The Jews that said, we're going to go down fighting. Let's fight them. And how does Moses respond? Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand fast and see the salvation of God that he'll perform for you today for that you have seen Egypt today you shall not see them ever again that which you have seen them today meaning that which you have seen them is only today today is the day you're going to see them you're never going to see them again like this because if it. they're done they're finished god will do battle for you i was responding to the people that said let's go fight and you shall remain silent responds to the people that are saying let's pray God will do battle for you in, in the hebrew It says, God will do battle lachem, which literally means to you. Rashi explains lachem, and he proves it in many ways, means for you, for your sake. So those of you that want to fight, God's going to fight. Those of you that want to pray, be quiet. Those of you that want to go back, don't worry. You're never going to see the Egyptians again. Those of you that are despairing, God's taking care of it. So what did God want from them? He didn't want them to fight. He was going to do that. He didn't want them to give in. Obviously, he was going to protect them from the Egyptians. He didn't want them to suicide. That's a tremendous thing. He didn't want them to pray. What did he want them to do? What he wanted them to do, as the next verse says, of tomorrow's portion is, speak to the children of Israel and tell them, journey. Do so? Meaning God had said to the Jews, we're leaving Egypt, to get a Torah, to become my people, to enter into, my, into a relationship with me. What do I want from you? I want you to walk towards the giving of the Torah. I want you to keep walking in that direction. And if the only place to walk is through a seat, walk to the seat. Not walk to the seat suicide. Not walk to the sea despair. Walk to the seat as a next step in, getting one step closer to getting the Torah. And obviously this has echoed down the many, many years of our history of us seemingly being in an impossible situation and having to just remember... What is God's mandate? What does God want from me now? And that's what I'm supposed to do. It makes no sense. It's impossible. All right. That's God's call. It makes sense to pray. God said, I'm not your prayers. It makes sense to fight. God said, I'm taking care of it. It makes sense to give it. God said, don't you dare. Walk for the total. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And leave the rest up to me. And we have to take that mandate and understand whatever situation we're in, Keep your eyes fixed on the goal, whatever it is that God wants of us, and that's what we have to do, and let everything else fall down. Because God will take care of it. We have to keep walking to get that Torah.